Hello, Texans, and welcome to the program that gets you inside NRG Stadium and gets you in touch with your Houston Texans. I'm Mark Vandermeer here from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, right outside the rodeo, buzzing once again every night for three weeks. It cooks here at NRG Stadium, and we're back after being at the Combine last week. We visited with the General briefly last week, but he's back here in studio for the full Thursday night visit. How's it going, John? It's going great, Mark. A great week in Indianapolis for the Combine. Always so much fun. Now we've got the – we're right before the free agent frenzy begins Monday with two days of negotiations with free agents from other teams. You can't agree, quote, unquote. And, of course, nobody would break that rule. Then they can start signing Thursday at 3. And I think we'll see some guys re-signing with their teams as they get up right to the deadline. So it's the most exciting – time of the offseason along with the draft. Speaking of guys re-signing with teams, Genevion Clowney gets tagged this week. And go with me down this road for a moment. I think he's a very perplexing player, John. Clowney, when he was drafted, number one overall, we didn't know what he was going to become. We thought maybe he would be a sack machine. Everyone saw the highlights from college and everything like that. He's not a sack machine. He's a TFL machine. He's great against the run. He's versatile. The numbers don't always show up every week, but that's like a lot of defensive front seven guys. So how do you rate him? Uh, you rate he'll make $100 million. J.J. was the highest paid, when he, and he's a pass rusher. Uh, uh, Von Miller was the highest. He's a pass rusher. Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack, those guys are double-digit sackers every year. Clowney is fabulous against the run. He plays multiple positions, but he's primarily a linebacker. He's smart. And he and what he's overcome, that thing about him not being the hardest to work, or how do you overcome microfracture surgery and three other operations on your knee and not be a hard worker? And uh, maybe it's because Watt sets the standard here, but if that's yeah. the case, how many guys can keep up with Watt? So I think we won't see Clowney. I think he'll show up. He's, he's not going to – I don't think he'll miss almost a million dollars a game. I think he'll show up and uh, – and the defense will be really, really good again, and there will be some additions. Uh, I would like to see Texas get an inside pass rusher. If they lose Covington and Blackson, they're going to need somebody to replace them besides Carlos Watkins. So you want to see draft or free agency for that? Well, first of all, it's a great draft for safeties. It's I'm sorry, it's a great free agent market for safeties, best as ever been. It's not a bad draft either, really, it's, when you look at the first well, three rounds. It's a great draft for defensive backs. And uh, – but offensive tackles in uh, free agency, there's Trent Brown and that's it on the left side. There's three others mm. that play the right side. I thought the most revealing thing Brian Gaines said at the combine was they expect Chantrell Henderson to be the starting right tackle. Well, to me, that means they're not going to go out and sign a veteran right tackle. Davenport can play go both. So the tar- there's not a left tackle. Trent Brown's going to want a Brinks truck backed up to his house after one good year with the Patriots. And after him, they're all right tackles. So that means left tackle would be something for the, for the co- draft. But right now, all we know about the draft, all those top – Tackles, they say, well, they might be better inside. They might be better on the right side. The two pure left tackles, Andre Dillard of Washington State, who I'd love to see come here, he's he's going to be long gone. Long gone. Greg Little of Ole Miss, a multi-year starter, he ran slow. His vertical's about like mine, couldn't get a credit card under it. But if they like him, maybe they can get Greg Little there. Or 
they take a corner and take a couple tackles in the second round. But the one thing I believe is they're not going to get a left tackle in free agency, but they can get other positions. Well, this is a very tough situation then, isn't it? Because you'll be going into the season with a rookie left tackle, which is basically what you had last year in Davenport, who was year two. And I just don't know how that's going to go. I mean, and then they put Rankin in because they had to move Davenport over, right, in the Patriots game when Henderson got hurt. You know, you hate to go into the season like that unless it's, I mean, a guy like Dillard would be wonderful, but you're not going to get him, as you said. But maybe you end up with a diamond in the rough. Look, once upon a time they drafted Dwayne Brown pretty late in the first round, and he was, what, the sixth tackle off the board or the seventh, and he turned into an outstanding starter for them for a long time. Maybe they can get lucky like that again. Well, it happens all the time. Two years ago, Cam Robinson, Jaguars, second round, started left tackle for a team that almost made the Super Bowl. Yeah. Ryan Ramchick started right tackle last year. Indianapolis had two rookies in their offensive line. New England had no number one picks in its offensive line. And so, yes, you can get them. It's just people are so excited about the possibility of getting a better offensive line, starting with tackles, as I've told you before. If they draft an offensive tackle in the first round, it'd be the first time in history an offensive tackle's gotten a standing ovation when he's drafted in the first round. Usually people are like, oh, an offensive lineman, I want a skill position player. But here, people be just giving him a standing ovation. Somebody asked me if, at the draft party, if they draft a corner in the first round, will it be a subpar reaction from the crowd? Will there be booing or something like that because people want to see a an offensive lineman so badly drafted high. I would think that the applause wouldn't be as loud, but they need both, John. In fact, you could argue that they need corner more than they need tackle. They do. The Texans, if they had to, could go into the season with Chantrell Henderson at right tackle, Julian Davenport at left tackle. Now you're like, oh, my God. Well, they went 11-5 and five. as long as Watson can survive. You know, they did have the best record in history with uh, Davenport and Kendall Lamb. But I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe Davenport has to start the first two or three games. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, if they get a left tackle they like, put that guy in there because he's going to be better. Uh, he'll be better than Davenport. Something very interesting that O'Brien was asked at the Combine was, would you rather have your guys improving or would you rather go get a free agent or a draft choice, mold the draft choice? He said, you always want your guys sure. improving. So, Davenport's got to be better in his third year than he was his second. Henderson, we don't know because he went down for the season in the first game. But uh, corners, you got Jonathan Joseph, who's going to be 35, and you got Aaron Colvin, who was a disappointment. And there's no other. Well, they have to go get some corners, yes. They'll get a bunch of corners. Free agency, they'll fortify at corner. You know they're going to. The Kevin Johnson release was sad. Now, I don't know how to classify him. I don't call him a bust. I think he's an injury bust. I think there are two different kinds of busts here. There's guy can't play bust, and then there's guy gets hurt a lot bust, and I think that's what he is. I think he got hurt a lot, and I don't think any team that signs him can be utterly confident. I know he just visited, can be utterly confident that he's going to stay healthy. They can't. So he's not going to get a great deal out there, but he's going to get an uh -uh. opportunity for sure because – they're in such short supply in the secondary, these NFL teams. Kevin's young. He's a great guy. He works hard. Right. If he didn't get offers, but he will, I could see the Texans bringing him back for, like, the minimum and giving him some bonus money based on games played and started and It was all just that. too much to bring him back with the injury risk. And because they need – you don't just need starters. You need backups. Yeah. 
And that's why I think we'll see a veteran who's gonna who's a multi-year starter with another team who's going to cost quite a bit of money, and then another veteran who might be closer to 30, a guy that I'd really like to see the Texans get, and I'm not sure how fast he is, Pierre Desir of the Colts. Opposing quarterback, the rating was 34, throwing mm. at him. He also led them in tackles. He had his best year in a contract year. They could strengthen the Texans and weaken the Colts. Now, the Colts got so much money, but Chris Ballard's M.O. is to not participate in a feeding frenzy, let the bodies fall, and then see what's out there that fits the needs like he did last year. So I don't see him running out there making Le'Veon Bell the highest-paid offensive lineman or trading for Antonio Brown, or as John Lopez suggested, signing Clowney to an offer sheet and making it Un, unmatchable and giving up two low-round picks to as compensation. but um, it And so I think they will sign two corners, and I think they will draft two Carter, corners. And I don't know what they think about Jermaine Kelly from last season who was on the IR, right, all year? Most, yeah. Seventh-round yeah. pick, if they could, if they, what they think about him. But they're, got, they're going to sign a lot of undrafted free agent corners because you need bodies in camp, and you sure. never know when those guys are going to play. A couple of those guys they signed off the street last year made some plays. Yeah. I don't see trade being a big thing no. here. Uh-uh. Now, what about first-round trade moving up? Nope. If, nope. Maybe no down. Maybe down. Get, I know Brian Gade would like to have that get a fourth back. Right. When you get down to the 23rd pick to move out of the first round or down a few – you don't get a lot of value. You might get a four, mm-hmm. or you might get it three next year. But uh, I could see Brian trading down maybe if the two pure left tackles were gone. John, defensive line, Angelo Blackson. You look at these free agents, uh, Christian Covington, Brandon Dunn. I mean, I need to get at least one of these guys back. Well, Dunn's restricted, and I think Brandon will be back. You know, people forget Dunn was a starting nose tackle. Reader was an end. Right. Blackson and Covington played the run really well, especially Blackson. I would think there's a better chance that he might be re-signed. You know, the Texans have money. Carlos Watkins going in his third year, it's time he stepped up and became part of that rotation and played the run well. And, the, you know, they don't need outside guys. They like Duke Ejiofor going into his second year. Everybody wants an inside pass rusher, and they're just hard to come by. They are. As far as outside pass rush goes, though, John, Clowney, he's franchised. You expect him to show up at some point and contribute, but don't you need some insurance there? I'm right. not saying draft somebody high or whatever, but you wouldn't be surprised if they bring somebody in at some point. Maybe it's like they brought in Duke Edgefor. I think they like Edgefor, and he's the guy that he will get that position all through the offseason program till we see Clowney back. Okay. And the rest of the linebacking core. I mean, when you look at inside linebacker, they're in good shape here. You I mean, got you – got, Three number one picks at outside linebacker and the number two in Zach Cunningham. That right. is a serious investment. Imagine if they invested that in the offensive line. But linebacker is the least of the problem. Linebacker, tight end, safety if they bring back Matthew. You know, they need, besides corners and an offensive tackle, they need a fourth receiver. Mm-hmm. They need a third running back. And uh, I don't. There's so many running backs out there. You know, Brian Gain, Bill O'Brien, they can find a running back, whether it's a low pick in the draft or in free agency. It's hard. It's going to be hard to convince a veteran receiver to come here because he'd say, hey, you know, I'm not going to start. Why would I want to go there? 
And you say, well, their starter, one of their starters is hurt all the time. And, but you'd have to, that guy would have to take a contract based on how much time he gets. And in a perfect world, Fuller stays healthy. Do they believe Carter is a good backup in the slot behind QT, or do they think they need to go out and find another slot corner? There's a lot receiver. of slot receivers. There are a lot of slot receivers out there on the free agent market. They want big bucks, and they're not getting it. Okay. The market is not kind to them. It's kind of a buyer's market there. I think certainly they're going to get some kind of some kind of receiver in here yes. at, at a high rate, whether it's a free agent. What about Golden Tate? Johnny was asking me about him. I mean, he's going to make some money. He's not exactly a young man anymore. 30. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that uh, Demarius Thomas acquisition, you know, where you're getting an older guy, a little bit older anyway, and he's just there to help and be there for an insurance policy that you will use. You will use this insurance in all likelihood because you cannot assume that QT and Fuller are going to stay healthy the entire season based on what you've seen so far. Tate's better inside than outside, but mm-hmm. Tate wants to start, and he couldn't start here if everybody's healthy. If everybody's healthy. So another a guy that I like is John Brown. John Brown left mm-hmm. Arizona. Big, deep threat when Bruce Arians is there. He goes to Baltimore, and he played well. When Flacco was in, then Flacco got hurt. Lamar Miller started running around all over the place, and he didn't do much. And he's unrestricted. He's 29. A guy like that who is kind of like Fuller, speed guy, that uh, maybe a a guy like John Brown would be good for here. And if they want another slot guy called Beasley, Adam Humphreys, the guy that's going to cost the most money inside Washington is Jamison Crowder. And – but he's been making a lot of money, and uh, I don't think the Texans will go after him, but there are some guys. I could see him signing a veteran slot guy and a veteran outside guy. The general stays with us. Let's talk quarterbacks next. Quarterbacks at the Combine and quarterbacks in their second or third year who are making some noise in the NFL. It's Texans Radio. John McClain joining us Thursday evening. Texans all access as usual as we always have fun with the general here. And, John, let's get into it with uh, some more Combine stuff and free agency stuff with the quarterback position in play. Let's start with the free agents and the domino effect taking place all right, so we know about Joe Flacco going to Denver. Where does Case Keenum end up? Does Josh Rosen figure into the Keenum sweepstakes at all? I mean, you have teams like Miami and Washington, and they have some uncertainty there, to say the least. I mean, a lot of different things can happen as we get into next week and the draft. Case Keenum will be cut. Uh, Blake Bortles will be cut. Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is a free agent. There are a lot of free agent quarterbacks going to be out there. I, you can't judge Josh Rosen based on his rookie year because the talent around him was awful. The offensive line was terrible. I would rather have Rosen, who they obviously thought a lot of, to trade two picks, three picks to get him. Wouldn't you rather have him and the best player in the draft? Mm-hmm. Whether it's Nick Bosa or Quentin Williams, one of those two guys to, to bolster your pass rush? Because Murray is such a chance. Yep. And then if Kingsbury gets fired in two years, the next coach comes in and says, man, I want a pocket passer. And Rosen's got some mobility. Um, People are saying, oh, they might get a three or two. I guarantee you. I've been here in New England. For Rosen? Yeah, I would say, hey, we'll give you last pick in the first round for Rosen and then let him go learn behind Brady a couple of years. His contract is great for three more years. And 
I think when all said and done, Steve Kime, the general manager, is a personnel guy. I don't care what Kingsbury says. I think Kime will stick unless the owner, Michael Bidwell, says, man, Murray would create a buzz. We need a buzz. Think of the interest here. Mm-hmm. And it's not like the Diamondbacks or the Suns are any good, so it's not like they've got to keep up. But there is a buzz about Murray, but it's – but people, not all of it's good, John. So people, what about what Casually said about well, first him? First of all, he's weighing 207 and not working out. People think he probably ate everything in sight. Then he'll lose weight, and he won't weigh at his pro day. They'll ask him to because he knows he's going to run. Like people say, Ed Oliver must eat every steak between Houston and Indianapolis to have his weight up to 287, and he didn't work out. Then he'll probably lose weight here and have a great workout because he's a tremendous talent. And quickness is his strength. As far as Charlie Casserly, I felt bad for David Carr because after Charlie was so critical, quoting sources in the rooms, telling him how what a disaster Murray was, and I didn't hear that from anybody, people are saying, well, why would you pay any attention to Charlie Casserly? He drafted David Carr. Mm. And David's on the same network, and his name's getting run through the mud just because of this. And then Mike Florio had a story that I think is pretty amazing. I didn't know this. Charlie works freelance for a, a an agent, agency, and they pay him to prepare players for their interviews at the Combine. And then he's told on several outlets that Murray obviously had not been prepared well. Well, that's a conflict of interest. Sure. What if Murray would have been paid – and Charlie was paid to help Murray. Would Charlie be that critical of him? So that's something that uh, is coming out now. I, I Charlie never been involved in a controversy like this, right? But uh, he sure is now, and uh, I, I kind of bet he wishes he'd have stuck to his analyst, his analyst role. Well, I mean, why not just stick to being a gentleman? Not that he wasn't a gentleman here, but you know what I'm saying. Just the the nice approach to things because you're right. The fact that he preps players for these interviews and then he slams another player who he hasn't prepped, not good when you're public, when you're on the NFL Network. And there's plenty of other things you can say and still look good on it the NFL Network. You can be diplomatic. Thank you. That's you the know, word I was You can for. be diplomatic about it. Say, kid's got a great arm. He's a tremendous college career. But I'm, you know, I'm hearing some of the people in the room who weren't impressed with him uh, on the board mm-hmm. when he was drawing plays yep. instead of saying they said it was the worst they've ever seen because it's amazing to me how I many people have taken shots at Charlie over this. Yeah, It's like they've let it be personal. I don't blame his, his agent, Eric Burkhart, because that's what he's paid to do. But a lot of media people are attacking Charlie, and I'm thinking, why? Why, why do you Because care? they love the players, and they stick with the players, and I get it. And it's just – the, the way it is with a lot of these guys. Now, Murray, the baseball thing, the Gatorade tour, not answering questions about spring training versus NFL work. And I just think it's very cloudy right now. I do think he'll be pretty good. And I think the fact that Baker Mayfield did well is certainly a big aid to Kyler Murray. Uh, obviously, what Charlie said might not be, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't think he. I don't think he ends up in Arizona, John. Somehow, I think that they pass on him. Mayfield is almost three inches taller than he yeah, is. I saw I him three inches, and that's a big deal. And uh, Murray, I was watching him being interviewed. He was wearing a warm up on ESPN by Josina Anderson, and she's a former track person who's in great shape. And he was as almost as slight as she was as far as being thin. Yeah. And I'm looking at his his body; just looks almost like a teenager. 
Hmm. And uh, but he's got a great arm, and he's smart, and he's productive, and he's a winner, and he's overcome. People say he's never overcome anything negative. Yeah, he bombed out at A and M, and he transferred. That he didn't get to play right away because of Mayfield. So he has had to overcome some downs, as well as take his creating and taking advantage of his ups. If you were advising him, would you advise him to play baseball or enter the draft? I'd say go in a draft. You've got a chance to be the first pick or the seventh pick. You're going to make so much more money before you'd make big bucks in baseball. Right. You know, they've got to go through arbitration before free agency. Mm-hmm. And just all this publicity he's getting is just going to get his value for endorsements to go up. Yep. He's going to represent all kind of companies. So he's got he already to, is. And, and, and he didn't even hit 300 when he played baseball at Oklahoma. So uh, that, to me, that's be, a little bit of a red flag there because should you be tearing it up in college mm-hmm. if you're going to be a number one pick? Yes, there's inflation run. in the batting averages in college. I tell you, one of the dumbest things I've seen that he somehow inflated his height. They stand there barefooted with their legs together, and if they have like a lot of hair, it's mashed down totally. So how do you inflate your size? He's not wearing. You can't wear lips. And everybody's looking at him. Don't you think all these people that have been looking at this for decades would know if he's trying to inflate his size? You get those fillers that women like to get in their face. You get those on your heels or something. I don't know what you do. <laughs> I don't know. You figure it out somehow. You inflate That to your me height. was just ridiculous. Some unnamed scout told Dan Patrick. Other than him, it's a very uneventful quarterback class coming in as far as buzz and controversy and you have Haskins. It it just doesn't feel like it did maybe last year. Well, last the year. year before. Last year because everybody was talking about last year before the Watson, Trubisky, Mahomes draft. Right. And this one, Haskins is the best prospect. And and then you have uh, Drew Locke, who everybody was denigrating all year. Now his stock's going up. And Daniel Jones of Duke, who I don't have in the first round. But these guys may be like two years ago, and they turn out to be great. And uh, but Haskins is so non-controversial. No, there's no questions about his size or his arm or any of that. It's almost like I'm hoping he likes it, not having to be in the limelight right, right. now like Murray, because Murray sometimes you could tell he he's getting kind of, he's getting tired of it. Haskins could drop to a good team, right? No, I don't think there's any way. I think Jacksonville's going to sign Foles. That takes them out of the market. I think he'll go to the Giants or go to Denver or somebody will trade up for him. Redskins, you asked earlier about Keenum. Case is like a mercenary. He moves around one year at a time. Mm -hmm. Redskins need a quarterback for one year. And it's not going to be Colt McCoy. I would love to see Antonio Brown trade to the Redskins and the quarterback is Colt McCoy. How long would it be before he started throwing fits? on Instagram and Twitter and all social media that he wasn't getting the ball. I think it was Larry Fitzgerald that pointed out he doesn't know how good he has it with Roethlisberger. Ed yeah. Boucher, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, in his mailbag yesterday pointed out he doesn't remember Bradshaw going to dinner with Swan or Stallworth, yet all, all right. three of them are in the Hall of Fame. Why was it so important to Antonio Brown to – have a better relationship with Roethlisberger when he throws him the ball so much. Well, he's calling him out. He's not a good. Uh, he's not a good guy to work and play with. Sometimes. That would that would worry the heck out of me if I was another team. I know in Nashville, my station did a, an unscientific survey that they figured 
The older you are, the less you want it. The younger you are, the more you want it. And I'll ask people, does it not bother you that the guy was continually late for meetings, had one set of rules for him, one set for others, called out his quarterback, his coach, his owner, his team, and then said, if they don't play by my rules, they don't play, I want guaranteed money. That's another thing. Will he go somewhere if he doesn't get his contract redone? Yeah, will he not report? Wouldn't you redo that before you made the deal, have an agreement in place? Yes. I'd want to know that everything's going to be paved the right way and that he'll be happy walking down that path. Le'Veon Bell, John, is somebody going to pay him a lot of money? I think the Jets will. I've been saying the Jets forever. A lot of people said Indy. He indicated he'd like to go to Indy, but they everybody up there said that's not Chris Ballard's style to nope. pay all that kind of money. Plus, Marlon Mack just asked the Texans in the playoff game. Marlon Mack was pretty good in his second season, and he may be even better in the third. Mm. Did not like the way he looked from a Texan standpoint in that game. Uh, the Colts so tough, no doubt about it. The Jaguars, you mentioned Nick Foles going to Jacksonville. Is that a done deal? I don't – it can't be. That'd be illegal, wouldn't but it? But you know what I'm saying. Uh, Hypothetically, everybody so Everybody thinks that he's going to the Jaguars, but they have huge cap issues. They have more cap issue than any other team. Interestingly, number two is Tampa. Tampa needs a veteran safety. Tampa's got Bruce Arians as head coach and Todd Bowles as a defensive coordinator. They were Tyron Matthews, head coach and defensive coordinator, but they don't have the money right now without redoing a bunch of contracts or cutting to sign anybody's going to cost anything, and I'm guessing Matthew will cost at least $10 million a year. Wow. Uh, what was uh, some other stuff you heard at the Combine about the current state of the league and who might be very hot next year, uh, early going here before free agency in the draft? Let me back up a second. A, a guy I really felt sorry for, Bryce Love from Stanford. Had he mm-hmm. come out last year after his 2,000-yard season, great speed, might be a number one pick now. They're talking about you get him in the fourth or fifth round. I'd love to see the Texans get Bryce Love. And another one, the guy from Florida, is it Jachi, polite, the outside linebacker? He had he ran a four eight four and then said he was hurt. A lot of people didn't believe him, didn't do anything else, didn't come across well in the interviews. Somebody may get a really good undersized pass rusher if he doesn't impress people at the pro day and in the private meetings and workouts. And uh the one that everybody was in awe of, Montez Sweat from Mississippi State. Yes. He came out. It's like the Senior Bowl was his coming out party. He impressed everybody there. Then he runs a four four one at six six two sixty. His agent from Houston, Brian Overstreet, told me he gained twenty pounds between the end of the season and the combine because he wanted to show people I can play defensive end as well as outside linebacker. And I told Overstreet, I said, "My goodness, what would he have run if he'd have stayed at two forty? Right and so that sends everybody back to his film to see if he played as fast and athletic as he is. And people now I know in my mock draft, Cleveland was hoping to get him at 17. No way. You move like that, you're going higher. And I, I like that. They also, Brian Overstreet had Kendall uh, Sheffield from here in Ohio State who hurt himself lifting. I, f- I feel so oh. bad for players who get hurt working out at the combine. Mm-hmm. Now, hopefully, he won't have to have surgery and he can heal because he's supposed to be in a four threes. I've also never seen a year mark in which the safeties were faster than the corners. If Montez Sweat had been a corner, he'd run the fifth best time. Isaiah Johnson from U of H, 6'2", 209, ran a four four zero. 
Jim, this is a guy I'd like to see Texans get. Jamel Dean Auburn, 4-3-0. And then some safety, Zedrick Woods from Ole Miss, runs a 4-2-9, and he had yep. been previewed as a free agent, an undrafted free agent or low-round pick, but those are safeties running like that. Yeah, when they put up numbers like that, that really increases the round selection capability. I mean, it's one element of the whole evaluation process. I think most teams are done with their board by the time they get there, but they do tweak it, and there is some major tweaking going on based on these velocities. I think it's pretty inevitable it's going to be in L.A. with all that you think complex so? is running. All right, tell me about that. Let's talk a little bit about yeah, we did talk about Pittsburgh a little, but there's some other soap operas going on around the NFL. Well, I got some questions to ask you about the combat. All right, let's do it. It's coming up, Texans Radio. Mark Vandermeer with you from the Hyundai Texans Radio studio with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. All right, General, we were talking combine. You had some questions for me. Well, I do because uh, there's one year left on the contract in Indianapolis. Yes. Everybody loves it in Indianapolis. It's centrally located. Yes. The hospitals have it down pat about all the physicals. I've never needed them, but they do, yes. They have, the league loves it. You know, you don't have to rent cars. You can walk everywhere mm-hmm. downtown. And there's plenty of hotels and plenty of restaurants. And so it's perfect. But it's inevitable that it's going to go to L.A. and be part of Stan Kroenke's humongous uh, commercial uh complex out there that including will house the nfl network but they're talking about putting it on prime time putting it in prime time starting on a smaller scale okay if you're a fan at home and you love the nfl what would you like to see the most and the least and i'll tell you the thing that that i pay the least attention to and did not mention anybody all week including in my risers fallers and sleepers is quarterbacks yeah. Watching those guys drop back and throw 15-yard routes in their shorts and T-shirts is, no to me, deal. a waste of time. Right. But what would you like to see? It's the 40s, John. The, yes. And I've said this for a long time. I, I thought the NFL is going to finally take me up on my suggestion, which is run the 40s in prime time and call it the 40s. And you have the receivers, whoever the fastest group might be going the last night, and it's usually the receivers. Uh, you mentioned the corners didn't run as fast as the safeties, as a group this year, that's pretty interesting. But you do the fastest guys last. That's exciting. I think it's like the Olympics. You want to see what they do. Now, Usain Bolt kind of made a mockery of it all, nearly, when at the Super Bowl experience, he runs with this record time in his socks or whatever it was. Uh, it wasn't socks, but it's three clothes, basically. It was normal shoes. Normal shoes. Now, he is Bolt, okay, so there's that, but that blew my mind. Just that, uh, you know, where the fans can run the 40, he's running the 40 and just shattering. He ran the four twos, didn't he? Yeah, he just shattered everybody. I like the idea that the guys that run the fastest, the first 40, pair them up the next time and have oh, yeah. them run. Would you have running backs, receivers carrying footballs? No, because who needs to see that, really? Well, I mean, what are you interested in seeing? I think the quarterback's throwing some deep balls is fun to watch. I do think that if, if the quarterbacks are compelling, then even those 15-yard outs are not exactly compelling, but you'll watch them. When, when, in 2014, when the Texans had the number one overall pick and they were looking for a quarterback, right? Well, at least that's what we thought at the time. You wanted to see Manziel. You wanted to see Bortles. You wanted to see Derek Carr. You wanted to see all these guys throw. Garoppolo. That, yeah, they were all there. That's true, but that's just for the Texans. If you're talking about the country, yeah, they'd yeah. want to see Manziel. Mm-hmm. This year, 
quarterbacks would have been much more interesting if Murray was working out just because he was Murray. Right. And the, it was such a buzz. What but, about Watson, Mahomes, and Trubisky in that class? Now, it's going to be a compelling class moving forward. All three guys make the playoffs in their second year. But at the Combine, yeah, there was some buzz, but it wasn't this hellacious buzz for that. Not them. about Trubisky and not about Mahomes. And the only reason it was Watson because everybody remembered him beating Alabama yep. uh, and having a great game. The other thing I'd like to see, I've always been fascinated about the vertical. It just amazes me how high the guys can get up yep. when they show it in slow motion. Mm-hmm. It's like they defy gravity. Some of the drills, you know, the three-cone and all that, yeah. that's that's okay. Offensive linemen, oh, gosh. But the one that's the worst to me is the broad jump. The broad jump, mm-hmm. if it was uh, like they were – if it was a triple jump or they got a running start, but just to stand there and jump, that's just I don't I know it's about explosion and all that, but you can get that from the vertical. They should play flag football. They should play seven on seven. Okay. You can't have blocking really, but you could have receivers and D B S and just have a little game. Yeah, and the guys blow out their knees and they'll never do it again. Yeah, but they could blow out their knees doing the three cone, <laughs> right? But they haven't. They haven't. But I, I agree oh, with you. Oh, bench press. Don't you like watching a bench press? You know, press? it's funny you mentioned that because we were situated right next to it. You yep, know where we were yep. set up. And at first I thought, bench press, this is ridiculous. But after, you know, two minutes, you, you realize, I can't stop watching this. This is kind of compelling. I got a crick in my neck when I was on your set trying to turn around and look at the bench press. Yeah, it's funny because you'll see somebody just blow people away. You know, who was it? Metcalf, who had 20-something. He had 27. The guy, yeah. the, the lineman, Ayasoa or something like that, he had the most. Then you see, like, Hunter Renfro has, like, seven. You know, I mean, it's it's really interesting to see the differential in the amount that these guys can do. And, and you know, even the guys who can't do a whole lot, some of them are sensational athletes. That they're going to make a living in this league. So it's not the be-all, end-all, but it's still a measuring stick and – it's this sort of it's an arena like setting. I have it on my Twitter feed. If you want to scroll back, folks, uh, I'll sh- I show you the the seating area and the player announces his name. Then he gets down there, and the strength and conditioning guys are just urging them on, and it, it's kind of compelling. And they let fans in there. They let the fans in there. To watch it. All right, so if they move right, it right quick, excuse yeah. me. You were talking about people where they can go and see it on your website on your Twitter. Right. I did a thing Monday. JJ versus Mario. Yeah. Remember what. I'd never heard of J.J. Watt until the Combine. I'd never heard of Mario Williams. Texans didn't go to his pro day. Right. And both of them were incredible. And I ran the comparison of everything they did. And it and Mario was 6'7". You know, they list him here at 6'6", but the Combine, he was 6'7", 295. J.J. was a shade under 6'6", and 290. It was amazing the quickness and the strength and the agility that those two had. Mm-hmm. Next year, I think I'm going to do a Johnson versus Hopkins at the combine. I mean, if you put J.J. Watt's mind into a lot of players' bodies, I mean, it would be ten times better. Because, He'd have defensive players of the year. Yeah, I mean, Mario Williams, freakish athletic talent. There's no doubt. I, I mean, I think Clowney is more of an athletic talent than Mario. There's no doubt about that. Mario had more size and power, though, well, maybe not more power. His, I don't know. His vertical was like a guard. Everything he did at the combine was amazing. I remember when he left, people were talking about him, and I'm like, "Who are y'all talking about? Some guy from North Carolina State named Mario Williams. Never heard of him." Yeah, I, you know, I, I was paying attention to him obviously because he was in all the mock drafts as a top five guy, likely going to New Orleans, whatever. And then that Friday night happens when the Texans sign him, and 
you know, with, with the draft coming up, you're always wondering what the drama is going to be, if there's going to be drama. Remember, J.J. Watt gets drafted. He didn't get booed. I mean, he got booed by a few people, but it, the story gets blown out. Legend and lore say right. he was booed. Uh, one of the biggest cheers I remember was Whitney Merciless because he dropped down to where the Texans were at 26 so they could take him in 2012. He was supposed to not last past the top 14. Yeah, and I think that this year you're hoping for something like that to happen where one of these tackles that you like or somebody, one of the corners maybe, I had Greedy Williams possibly doing it. I don't think that's a possibility now based on his combine performance. But you're hoping that somebody who's supposed to go high drops, not for a reason where he's busted with something, but teams are looking for other things and somehow this player drops into your lap. They want all those front seven guys to go before the Texans. They want multiple quarterbacks to go. Anything but offensive tackles. Yep. In 2006, Charlie Casserly, his last draft in Kubiak, told me, the whole time after the combine to the draft, they were seriously interested in Mario, and I never believed him. I said, you're going to draft Reggie Bush. It's all a smokescreen, and I didn't believe him. And then we were doing the show in New York from the draft, and I I remember saying on there I thought it was going to be Bush, and then during a commercial, Charlie texted me and said, we reached an agreement with Mario. <laughs> Come back from a commercial, and I said, you know, Rich, the more I think about it, I could see the Texans going after Mario Williams instead of Bush, and I told Wine. He goes, well, wow, you sure changed. There you have it. John McClain says they're going to – oh, Texas just announced they've reached terms <laughs> Mario Williams. See, I was right. <laughs> I was right. And Vince Young went third. I never bought it. And the rest is history. How about that? I mean, that that's just incredible. Uh, back to Pittsburgh here for a moment, John. <sighs> I, I don't even know what to make of it. The NFL morning show, Good Morning Football, did this. Who would play the different characters in a movie about the Steelers? Of course, Watt's recent tweet about, or I don't know if it was a tweet or a comment on a show about, it's like watching the Kardashians and getting to talk to one of them because his brother TJ is on the team. <laughs> this is a real-life NFL soap opera in progress, in real time. I am blown away. I mean, we talked about it in a previous segment, but... I think Ben Roethlisberger is a pretty interesting character in this whole play. They're about to re-sign him to another contract extension. Well, they have to, really. I mean, he's one of the best in the league. He is, and um, the boy Antonio Brown doesn't like him, and he's portraying a Roethlisberger, acting like everybody hates him, but I've certainly not seen, you know, people, those offensive linemen, they weren't ripping Ben. They were ripping Le'Veon Bell for not showing up. Well, uh, Antonio Brown... In the game that Pittsburgh had with Denver, the recent story came out how Roethlisberger blamed the route on a late pick he threw in the end zone. And I thought, I went back to look at the play. I just, I was that curious about it. I went back to look at the play. I felt like John Harris. And I'm looking at it, and I don't know how you could blame Antonio Brown for running the wrong. Maybe Antonio Brown is just embellishing the story. But I don't know how you can – I forget who picked it off, but, like, it was either a linebacker or a defensive lineman in a zone drop. And he picked it off in the end zone. And Roethlisberger Nobody should be able to criticize a teammate publicly. Yeah. I don't care how long you've been. I don't care if you got 10 Super Bowl rings. You need to put a lid on it, keep it behind the scenes. If you want to go up to a player at his locker in the meeting or something, but calling him out publicly does not serve any purpose. Absolutely. John, what do you have going on in the Houston Chronicle? Uh, Aaron Wilson and I have our fifth mock draft up. We're doing a preview, a position preview for uh, uh, the free start of free agency. Um, I have a thing going Sunday previewing the Texans and free agency, that, and I have a thing on Texas Sports Nation 
five takeaways about the Texans and free agency, and I'm really fired up about it. And tomorrow I am headed to Astro Spring Training as a fan this weekend. So, wait, you go as a fan? You don't get a credential or anything? No, nope, I buy tickets and sit with a friend of mine, stay with them. They live close, and then I come back Sunday, and, I, and I'm at the Texas uh Special Olympics of Texas benefit with Bruce Matthews, Mike Munchak, former Oilers, Mike Devlin. Oh, yeah. Sitting in for Bill O'Brien this year. And then they have the golf tournament for the Texas Special Olympics. And I'll be riding around there Monday. And then I'm getting serious about free agency. John, spring training for the Astros in the new location. You like it better? I do. Same? I never liked Kissimmee. Mm-hmm. It was like driving down Westheimer, lights at every corner, nothing but fast food places. And the place they share right now in West Palm Beach with the Nationals is terrific, and it's a great area as well. It is. West Palm's nice. I would encourage everybody to check out the Astros spring training. I'm going to be there next week, so that'll be good. You'll have a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, spring training, it's such a huge deal. I know this, but I really believe the combine and this whole NFL free agency frenzy has replaced it in the national sports landscape over the last 10, 15 years. I'm going to Jupiter next door to watch Astros and Cardinals, and you know what's on the way? What? In fact, if you want to stop by, I'll let you know how it is. The Orchids of Asia? <laughs> yeah, you just let me know, John. I'm going to go by and shoot a picture. Should I go by and shoot a picture and tweet it? You know, it's closed John, down. You, you probably aren't the only one who's been, like, <laughs> taking selfies right in front of that place. Too bad, too bad they couldn't stay open. They could have wanted people would have <laughs> wanted to come in just to take pictures. Yeah, it's really too bad. John, thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you us. very much, Mark. There's John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Okay, couple of things. Tomorrow night, Carl Smith, quarterback's coach. He's going to join me and Johnny as we'll talk about his career, which has been a long one and still in progress with Deshaun Watson, his next pupil after working most recently with Russell Wilson of the Seahawks. And don't forget, Saturday night at 11 o'clock, ABC 13, Texans 360. Great show that you need to follow. And follow us on all the social media stuff and HoustonTexans.com. Some really fun and funny and informative videos there and stories. Go check them all out. And we'll be live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday as free agency will get hopping next week with the We call it the legal tampering period, followed by the Wednesday start to free agency officially. Have a great night, everyone, and go Texans.